Fake Radio Show. It's Andrew here. Real glad to have you back. Thanks for showing up. It's your first time. Just just glad you're here, whoever you are, whenever you are. Currently, I'm in the San Francisco Bay Area, and it's raining. It's really nice here when it rains. And I got my mom in town. I haven't seen her in a year. There's also a cousin in town. I haven't seen her ever, I don't think. We don't have any recollection of ever having met. But we're having a good time. It's really, uh, it's good. I'm very grateful to have some family around. Tiffany took a week off of work. Tiffany's my wife, if you don't know, if you've never been here before. Did I mention I'm Andrew? Hi. Hello. Welcome. Yeah, I've got a story for you today. It's about uh, public speaking. Yeah, don't fear the speaker. I hope you like it. I wrote it myself. Coming from me to you, for free to you, because I love doing this. Hope you're liking it. If you got questions... Send us a note, MTP, it's the Monkey Tooth Podcast. That That's coming back. Did I mention that? No, I didn't. The old podcast, the Monkey Tooth Podcast, is coming back. I'm going to house all the interviews with musicians, artists, weirdos, writers, you name it. That's all going to go on Monkey Tooth. And all writing, storytelling, is going to go here. I'm going to start paying for stories. Can you believe it? Giving people money to tell stories that we either narrate for them or they narrate themselves on this very show. More on that soon, I promise. But uh, yeah, this is going to be the home for storytelling. These will be published on Substack. You can listen to it on whatever podcast catcher you use. But yeah, look for changes in the near future. I've got some great guests coming up on the Monkey Tooth podcast. Vera Sola, the uh, musician extremely talented and uh, curious and uh, just has written an incredible album called Peacemaker. It comes out on February 2nd. We had a great chat. I can't wait to release it um, in, in February in concert with her album. She's got live dates coming up. That you can all find on our websites, both the Raised by Whoops fake radio show, that's rbwpod.com, or on Monkey Tooth. That's mtp.dog. All right, here comes this story. Like I said, it's true. Actually happened to me, and hopefully it never happens to you. Until next time, adios. Don't fear the speaker. Speaking publicly was never easy for me. After a while, all my dress shirts ended up with the same odor, and it wasn't nice. Forever polluted by the oniony smell of nerves frying in underarm hair as I fretted before, during, and after each event. I wanted to throw them all out in shame, but I believed in what I was doing. Feeling reasonably confident that the cause of renewable fuels was a just one, and not just one of many that would eventually turn out to be green painted horse shit. Also, I couldn't afford new shirts. It was the mid-2000s. George Bush the Stupid was in office. Saddam Hussein was on the run, and oil cost about $100 a barrel. Couple those loathsome factors with the media's sudden shift to discussing global warming and climate change as distinct possibilities, 
and you can understand or even remember why people were desperately seeking alternatives. The motivations for this unilateral bipartisan search ranged from heartfelt environmental concerns to strictly financial to thinly veiled xenophobia labeled as energy independence. An idea I got from a guy I met on a road trip prompted me to start a business that could provide an alternative all three disparate groups would find appealing. Modifying diesel vehicles to run on used cooking oil. At first, the closest I came to public speaking was explaining myself to curious reporters or at a bar to whatever poor bastard happened to be within earshot of my incessant rambling. Seriously, it was all I could talk about. Did you know it takes 10 calories of oil to produce one calorie of food? I mean, we'd be better off if we could just, like, drink the oil. Fucking insufferable, really. I turned wrenches, installed new fuel systems, filtered and spilled countless gallons of nasty used cooking oil, and basically worked as hard as possible to make my weird little enterprise succeed. I called it Deep Fried Rides, a sandal-wearing version of the otherwise punk ethos of DIY creativity mixed with an unab... A sandal-wearing version of the otherwise punk ethos of DIY creativity mixed with an unabashed need for personal financial stability. This, and only this, led me to attend a public meeting hosted by the Tennessee Soybean Council. I wasn't yet aware of just how ill-equipped I was for professional meetings, or the world of business speak. I am now, of course, but occasionally I must learn my lessons the hard way. It turns out I lack the fundamental sincerity and confidence that professional people generally maintain or at least project convincingly. This meeting of the Tennessee Soybean Council was packed with serious folks with well-oiled agendas. Lousy pun inevitable. I listened as people spoke in the same language that I did in bars. Only no one was rolling their eyes or looking at their watch as irritating facts banged about the room. An unfamiliar feeling came over me. I knew exactly what was happening, and what everyone meant by what they said. I knew so much about it, in fact, that I spoke up. Throwing myself into this fray, one so outside of what I would normally expect from consensus reality, ended up landing me a weird gig. After a bizarre interview process involving government agencies and earnest civil servants, several trips to the state capitol, and one hilariously awkward phone call with a fellow applicant, I was hired by a nonprofit and given the title of Executive Director of the West Tennessee Clean Cities Coalition, an organization that did not exist until I started making it. From then on, I was responsible for spreading the gospel about renewable fuels from Memphis to west of Nashville, Tennessee. I'd been doing the gig for over a year when I managed to find myself on a dais of speakers, moderated by former presidential candidate and state senator Bill Frist. A crowd of over 200 souls, made up of farmers, policymakers, fuel industry types, and business leaders, had gathered for the occasion. I was the first to speak. The event began at 9 a.m., I'd been driving for two hours by the time I got there. I had to pick up a guy I wasn't thrilled about riding with. A gentleman even more insufferably enthusiastic about rattling off nonsense than I was. I usually drove to public speaking gigs alone, and would use the time to review my presentation. Instead, I listened to an hour and a half monologue on why building a biodiesel plant out of shipping containers was a brilliant idea. Spoiler alert, it isn't. I was also a little hungover. 
I'd impulsively thrown a small party at my house the night before, drinking scotch whiskey, smoking joints, and staying up until about 1.30 a.m. Couple this with being driven to near madness by my chatty passenger and the ever-present, onion-adjacent, nerve-broiling fear of speaking publicly, and you may get a sense of why I might have felt unprepared for this event. However, I was then, as now, kind of a seat-of-the-pants guy. So I went for it, with all the false confidence of a brick on a high dive. I was introduced by the senator, enjoyed a polite round of applause, and managed to get in a few laughs before launching into my presentation. All was going as planned. I even had a yellow legal pad of notes I could fall back on if I lost my train of thought. But somewhere in the early part of my diatribe about the need for plant mimicry and the way we produce and consume energy, my mind began to, let's say, drift. And when I say drift, I mean that all of reality was slowly lifted out of socket by an unseen hand, then dribbled like jelly through a sieve into the consciousness of a lunatic. My mouth was a rusty bucket, leaking green copper pennies into the greasy pebbled driveway of a disgruntled minor deity. The lights in the room swelled and swayed in intensity. The heat of my own body seemed to be cycling through all options, and I had the distinct and familiar feeling that I was tripping on acid. For some reason, I kept on talking. The words on my yellow legal pad, a document now shimmering like a fish belly in a light, bright blender, were not acting the way words on a page should behave. It was as if my eyes were hopelessly chasing the letters around. Imagine trying to focus on a mosquito in the sunlight, vanishing, dancing, dipping behind an object, then reappearing too close to catch. But substitute tiny insects for your own familiar handwriting. You may be thinking, Surely you chose this moment to stop talking, right? Of course I didn't. My yammering continued for an uncountable eon of time. I was a sailor to the siren, following fucking gobbledygook to the ends of the earth and back, all the while pleading for those goddamn letters to sit still long enough to be able to remember what it was I was trying to tell these people. In the throes of this maelstrom of madness, I was suddenly surprised to hear one of those people speak up. It was the senator, chiming in over the loudspeakers, waving his hand at me from the other side of the stage. Uh, Mr. Couch, if we could just keep our remarks within ten minutes. The freaky, swamp-like malaise I'd been swimming through dried up in a flash. I looked up from the recalcitrant letters to find myself staring into a sea of another color. This one filled with two hundred horrified faces, gawking at the shit-flinging baboon sailor behind the microphone. I either had fantastic friends or none at all, because the harshest feedback I received was, uh, Yeah, you're normally much uh, clearer. Is everything okay? Things were not okay. What I thought might have been an acid flashback, severe dehydration, or even a seizure, turned out to be a little stroke. It was one of several I would have over the next 20 years, before I knew what they were, and a small hole in my heart was discovered and repaired at a children's hospital in San Francisco. Thinking about it now, I see the whole experience. My unreliable heart tissue, the promise of renewable fuels made from the same stuff we're meant to be eating, my propensity to form blood clots when I'm stressed out, and the sneaky shittiness of soybean hustlers convincing idealistic and numbskull environmentalists into playing their dumb game is all being cut from the same cloth. A cloth so ill-fitting and uncomfortable 
We'd all be better off skipping the flashback or the little stroke and going straight for the big hit or the final crash. At least, when they're not dancing, that's what these letters seem to be telling me. Depuis 1900, à vous me toucher sa vieille allée.